everybody. Welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Joshua. Hello. There you I'm go. Joshua. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to just doing the point. So normally we have a whole cast here, and, but uh, it's been a crazy week for us. We've got a couple birthdays. We have camping trips, and we've got this, and we got that, and we've got work schedules. But it's like I can't do anything about this. And Joshua, me, we went out and watched Avengers Endgame, and we had like, let's go talk about it. Let's get in front of some mics and talk about it. And so we're gonna just start off with Joshua. Did you like the movie? Yes, I absolutely love the movie. It it really captured the the universe. Yeah, yeah. I think that overall, I mean, you're gonna hear this term a lot from everybody. Is it's the ten year fan letter or love letter to the fans? The references, right? I mean, there's so many good references to the old movies. And yeah, this is one of those movies where it really pays to like see the other movies beforehand. Oh yeah. Because that that that's so rewarding to see like all these little Easter eggs throughout the whole thing that connect to these characters that you've been falling in love with for the past ten years. Yeah, almost more so than any other MCU movie. I think this one was the most important to see the other movies to oh, yeah. be good on it. Um, even more than I'd say Infinity War. So let's break down how we're going to do this, guys. I know there's all kinds of people out there that are doing spoiler reviews and spoiler-free reviews. Josh had a good idea in this one. We're going to do spoiler-free at first, then a lot of warnings. We go full spoiler because I'm dying to talk about spoilers. I saw Jonathan today, and I'm like, dude, there's this one thing with that one guy that does a thing, and I'm like, ugh, I got to tell you. So I'm demanding that he goes and watches this movie right away. We'll do our classic movie review. What, I'm, what we're going to do is we're going to break down plot, and we're going to do acting and directing and whatnot. We're going to give them all point values. We'll score it, and we'll see what we think out of 100 this movie is, because that's how reviews are done, and everybody just likes numbers. You guys are going to want to fast forward to see what our number is and be happy with it, but stick around. All right, plot. Why don't you go ahead and give us, as fast as you can, a spoiler-free synopsis for Avengers Endgame. Okay, I'll try my best. So we start off basically right where... The previous Avengers movie ended Avengers with this Infinity War with the snap, mm-hmm. and then should we go into like who who dies in the first? Just half half of all living creatures died. Right, and so half of all living creatures died, and so now basically the people who are left are going to basically try to stop that. We either they reverse the snap or try try to make everything back the way it was. Okay, that was pretty much it. That was that's the synopsis of the movie. The structure of this film is not like normal films. It's really weird like that, but it's kind of more of an event than it is a movie, it felt like. What'd you think? Like, it was less of like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, which of course acts exist in this, but it felt much more like just this culmination of 10 years, so it was kind of just more of an event. We just wanted to make sure to fit everybody into it. And to me, it almost felt like three different movies. Like, the tail end of Infinity War felt like the first like 20, 30 minutes, and they have this great adventure... And they have like the final, the final scene. Yeah, takes up like the, the last. I the love last how third. well you're doing and not giving spoilers. You're working so hard. I see that over there. <laughs> you're trying so hard not to do it. All right, fair enough. So, plot wise, uh, did you think that the plot was really like needed? Was it coherent? Was it believable? Was it something that they kept moving? Overall, what did you think of the plot? So the plot, I think you've, you've, you've said this earlier, the plot is this very comic book plot. Yeah. It's not like realistic, like Christopher Nolan Batman, for example. They're not even it trying is, to, yeah. Yeah, it's going full comic book, but it's, it's very enjoyable in that sense because you're coming to see a comic book movie. You're a Marvel pa- fan probably, so you're, you know what to expect. Yeah, it's, it, it plays out a lot like a complete arc in a comic book series. I keep thinking like, well, I mean, we know that this exists already in comic books. But there's also like Secret Wars or something like that. Those big, these big overarching stories where everybody comes together. It felt like one of those. 
I think this movie might not be as liked to people who are not big comic book fans. Because I think understanding the comic book structure and stuff like that helps a lot here. Except for the ending is not comic book at all. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think of the settings? Like, I know we had we had a lot of locations in this movie. More than you than most movies. Just a ton. How did you feel like those played out with, with our plot? Did you think they did a well job? I, God, I really want to get spoilers. I want to talk right away about it. But we'll hold off. Generally, how do you think the settings worked out for the, the movie? I think the settings were pretty good. Yeah. The the settings, if you know the, st the structure of the movie, basically the settings were where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that they, they did work out pretty well. As a matter of fact, there are parts where like, what was the, was the middle the, part? <laughs> well, was there things that they like they they foresaw because yeah. there there are some really they did really good work on like maintaining continuities. Oh, nice continuity. I like that. Good word. Good choice. In general, plot out of 20, what would you give it? 19. 19? I felt it was a little hurried. So, like, I'm not quite sure if I should put that in, like, action. Or, but it felt like there were times when there was, there's so many different emotions going on. Yeah. That you don't really have time to sit and feel those emotions before the plot hurries you on to the next thing. But other than that, yeah. very good plot. I think, in a way, that is kind of the comic booky part that we were talking about before. Where you'd mm -hmm. only get like one, two, three panels to explain something horrific happening, like Joker killing, you know, a Robin or something like that. You only get a couple panels, and then you have to get on to the next part. So I kind of feel like that. I see what you're coming, where you're coming from there. I think that I think that that's understandable in this type of film. Although it's a it's a good reason to have it down. The reason I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 19 as well. The reason I'm dinging at the one is there's two scenes I thought were a little long, and I'll talk about them later on. I think they could have been scaled back a little bit. And it's funny because there's scenes that I think were emotional payoffs. And I'm just like, eh, give me more action. This movie does not have the same amount of action as Infinity War, I would think, right? I think it does, but it's it's very concentrated in one part of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It has a lot of action, just like Infinity War. They just shoved it all at the end. It's like when you're eating mm -hmm. Taco Bell and you got sour cream at the very bottom of the burrito. <laughs> welcome, to, yeah. welcome to Endgame. All right, let's move into acting. So we're 1919 there. Let's move into acting. Was there any standout performances Actor-wise. I think Iron Man was pretty good. Might be his best portrayal of Iron Man in this movie. Mm -hmm. Definitely his best portrayal of Tony Stark, I think. Right. Yeah. I think Thor... I'm not quite sure if that's because like Thor had a lot more to work with. Yeah. But I think Thor was also uh, pretty much a standout with for this one. Thor kind of, to me, honestly, up until the ending, stole mm -hmm. the movie. I mean, I was watching Thor. His side adventure, everything about Thor, I was just like, oh man, I want to see this version of Thor more and more. And I love Captain America's arc, so I, I'm not quite sure if that's just the actor coming out, yeah. or if it's actually just because they gave him such a beautiful story to work with. They really gave, yeah. I mean, so many of our, because this movie, as you guys know from after the snapshot, is so much of our original Avengers, you know? They really paid off our original Avengers. Each of them had very good storylines and emotional moments, character developments. We saw, We got to see a lot of... A lot of characters get wrapped up in a lot of questions we've had about them. Captain America, for sure, one of them. Every one of them, really. We got Hawkman. God, his story was something else. It, 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 some moments like that, it's like a three-hour movie, but it could have been five, six hours. Because I want to know more about Hawkman's whole adventure. Hawkeye? Oh, my God. I said Hawkman. I'm thinking DC, folks. <laughs> DC, you hear, hear it now, man. Make a Hawkman movie. I'm down. Hawkeye, thank you. And this, did you know this is the first time we heard Hawkeye, that term, in MCU? Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? We saw it, and it wasn't even in reference to him. Yeah, it was in <laughs> reference to someone else. Yeah. God, we want that one spoiler so bad. Okay, 
So character development and growth. Was there anybody you thought that had the best journey throughout the whole movie in their growth? Well, I think the ones we said before. So right. Well, so who, who had the stand? Who had the best one? I personally, I'm gonna say real quick. I think Thor, because I think Thor's reaction is probably the most human. Which funny because he's an Asgardian mm-hmm. god. I think his reaction was the most human of all of them. To to the snapshot. Um, I think. Well, I don't. I don't. I think Tony is like a very close second of that because yeah. the way he reacts to the the what you call the snapshot yeah. is very different from everyone else, and the, it gives him very good reasons why oh, his right, reaction yeah. to the snapshot is different from all the other characters and why he has different motivations yeah. than the rest of those characters. That's a good point. That's a good point. And it's almost and and that is real human with the situations that are going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good point. All right, we won't do any notable dialogue and like that again. All spoiler stuff. Out of twenty, how do you give the acting? Now, this is such a tough one because we we know these characters for ten years. This is their this is their grand finale for a lot of players. You know, how did you think they did? Out of twenty, I'd say twenty out of twenty. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to copy you, but I think I'm trying to think of a bad moment for an actor in this movie, and I can't think it. I, I almost think that Thor has to act through some extra stuff in this movie. And it, even if it doesn't play for you, like if you're not a fan of the, because of, they have obviously made Thor more of a comedic character. The last movie, Ragnarok, was that way. Even if that doesn't work for you, you have to give him props for being able to play through the situation that he's in. I mean, it's it's even above that. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm not trying to copy. I'm going 20 as well. Uh, I was hoping enough for us to not be total fanboys of this movie, but it's really. I'm glad we didn't do this yesterday because then we would've mm-hmm. been too excited. We would have spoiled it already a hundred times. And these numbers would all be out of 20s, 20 out of 20s. Mm-hmm. All right, directing. This particular movie is by both Russo brothers. They did Winter Soldier. They did Civil War. And I think they did Infinity Well, yeah, they did Infinity War. I think that's about it from MCU. Um, was there any structural things that you saw that the directors did well? Um, I like how like there's a part of the story that gets a little complicated. Yeah. And so I really like how they different. There's like several plots going on at the same time. Yeah. And I like how they differentiate those different plots, like just visually. So you can tell, oh, I mean, this could have been such a mess, Mm -hmm. but it felt like the way it was structured was very clear. Oh, we're going on to this next story. Oh, we're going on. We're going to go to the side chapter. And so that felt really, really clear when it could have been a disaster. It was almost like I noticed, too, when we had the multiple side stories and then one of the side stories had to extend a little bit farther. Even that change in setting and how the cameras, the haze on the camera and everything like that, it made sense. Everything they did fit into the new plot and to where you could tell where it was going clearly. So that was very well done. How about, how about the speed? How about the pacing of the movie? Well, I'm not quite sure. That's kind of also my plot problem is that the, it felt yeah. a little quick. It felt like it was almost like pushing me a little bit. Okay. Where I wanted to slow down because there's some really big things that are Huge, happening yeah. in this movie. And I really want to sit there and like process this and think about, wow, that that big thing just happened. Yeah. And the movie is relentless. It's not going to let you do that. No. The movie just says, okay, that happens. Now we've got to keep going. And that's one thing that's funny is in this movie, it's not like it's relentless in the fact that you'll constantly be having fight scenes necessarily. There are moments where it's emotional, but you're just like, okay, I'm rubbing my head here and I'm just kind of thinking like, holy cow, I can't believe this thing's happening. I can't believe that dude's sitting at the dining table that way. You know, you know? It's just, there's constantly something going on. Even the slow character moments are huge moments. And, and, and you know, it's, it, it is hard. I can see where it is going a little fast. And then it's funny because it's going fast. And then hits that 40 minutes left of the movie mark and we get into the final scene 
And it's like, it's this huge masterpiece of Marvel. And it's like the movie slows down and takes its time with it. So it's kind of funny that it rushes to get there. And then it slows itself down and lets you enjoy piece by piece, you know? Suspense, excitement. How do they do in capturing that for you? There's one moment in particular where I know my heart jumped to the roof. And we'll talk about that later on. That's my, that's my tattoo moment. I'm going to tattoo that moment on my arm. That was great. <laughs> but how did it do in, in, cre- in creating suspense for you and, and excitement? In a way, the movie also starts off kind of slow. Yeah. Because it, it lets you feel the consequences of the snapture. Yeah. And that was important. And I feel like that was actually was pretty good. Although because, like, because you're dealing with consequences, there's not a whole lot of tension there yet. Right. But when they get to the middle of the movie where it gets complicated and the characters have these very, very important missions that they can't fail. And all of a sudden you start seeing like the cracks in the mission and the parts where the missions start to go wrong. I'm excited thought, to watch this movie again already. Just I've watched it already twice and I want to watch it a third time just talking about it again. That's how good this movie was. <laughs> so so with that, with, with you know, the missions that, you know, there's the, the inevitable like things that go wrong and they, they almost felt they didn't feel like they're oh there's going to be a, a twist here nice. so i felt really felt that they kept the suspense up well and that they kept on surprising you because there were there were tons of twists in this movie that i didn't expect there was like production twists like seeing things i didn't expect to yeah. see and there were like so there there's a lot of surprises that, that i loved how they snuck them in there yeah two things that, that kept happening to me I'd be seeing something happen and I'd be like, okay, my movie watcher brain kicks in. I'm like, okay, well, we know this is, this is how this happens. There's going to be a surprise thing that comes over from here, surprises us, we win, they lose, whatever. Something happens that we normally see in a movie. No, that's not what happens. We're going the other way with this. Or something will be coming up and I'm like, you're not going to do the comic book thing. That'd be crazy. This is regular TV. This is regular, I mean, regular Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. They always, you know, soft boil everything for us. No, they go full comic book with that. So it's really kind of crazy that we get everything out of this. Uh, you know, Russo Brothers, give them more projects to do. What movie project, DC or Marvel, would you like to see Russo Brothers capture next? I'm not a huge comic book fan. Like, all, all of the DC and uh, Marvel, I basically know through the, the, the like, TV and, uh, TV and movies. So... But, like a sequel to an existing Marvel movie then or DC movie then. I have no idea. Like, yeah, <laughs> I put you on the spot. I like to yeah. do that sometimes. So yeah, I would like to see them try to do one of the Star Wars. I know that's cheating because I said DC or Marvel, but they're owned by Disney now. It would be cool to see them try to try to capture Star Wars because those Star Wars movies they could use a little bit of help nowadays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all right. So here we go. This one's out of fifteen. What are you thinking out of fifteen? I'd say fifteen out of fifteen. And we'll go, I think we can go into the spoilers on one of the specific challenges these directors faced. Yes. And how they really, they, they nailed that. Yeah. And so I, I think especially because of that, we should give it a 15 out of 15. For the spoiler part, what we'll do is we'll kind of gradually go over our ratings again and mm-hmm. really go in depth on them. Um, and then we'll also go over like the list of like awesome, awesome things that I saw and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to say, because again, the pacing thing and how I wish we had a little bit more of the last scene... I don't know. I, I wish we didn't rush to the last scene and then we had so much to cover in. And again, they wanted way more than three hours and Disney wanted way less. So we had a tough spot. I'm going to go... Shoot, I hate to go 14 and 13. Let's go... Let's go 13. Oof, I already feel bad about it. Okay, so I'm at 13. At least I got a different number than you. That was a good goal. This actually is something I'm interested in. Score and soundtrack. So, uh, sound design, everything like that. What did you think? Was there any highlights in this movie? How did you think they did in general? There's that one song, but it's really hard to talk about it without going into spoilers. But other okay. than that, 
I think well, I think the best thing that a score can do is be un- unobtrusive. Like if you're really yes. noticing a score, that's that's usually a bad sign. Yeah. And with this one, the only time I noticed the score was when it's calling back to something to something previously. And so it was the I thought the score was well used when it, when it needed to trigger a memory in the audience. Yeah, ideally music and scores in film are meant for emotion. Right. They're not giving you information. They're meant for emotion. And so when they're when you notice them, it's because they're distracting and that's a problem. Uh, there was one transition phase, I think, that landed really hard where they, they gave you this epic swelling moment. They gave you familiar soundtrack, something. Because a lot of this movie, we've seen it in so many other Mar- Marvel movies, and, and in, like, I was thinking Lord of the Rings has it, stuff like that. They give you a couple beats of, and video games do this too, they give you a couple tones, a couple beats of the song you hear a lot of times for that's associated to one character. And then so when that character is reintroduced, they just got to touch on it a few times. Or when an item of theirs exists, you hear that the couple tones, and you're like, oh, okay, that's Wonder Woman, something like that, you know? And in this film, we had a lot of those moments because there's a lot of characters. And then we had the Avengers version of it, their music. And then when it changed, I felt like it was a little harsh. That one moment, it took me out of it just for a second because I recognized that sound. Um, that, that took me out of it. But I think they did a really good job. There was another moment where they used a retro song that was super important. Again, we'll talk about it in spoilers, man. It's really tough. Mm-hmm. Avoiding spoilers on this. Normally, like my Shazam one, I was right away like... So then this happened, and then this happened. I went right into it. All right, so I think they did a good job. It was just this one spot that was really hard. Was there any memorable moments, soundtrack-wise, where you thought, like, that was a really good choice? Uh, Like I said, nothing I can talk about right now. Okay. Out of 15, what are you thinking? I'd say 14. I'm going to give it 14, too, because there's one particular spot that I saw that I wasn't a big fan of. Production design. Let's mainly dig into, because it's a superhero movie, let's dig into the costumes. How do you feel everybody's costumes were? Uh, I think the costumes uh, were pretty good. Yeah. I think we only got like two new costumes. And the one I want to talk about is War Machine's new costume. Did you notice it? How it changed after things went down? No, I didn't actually. It got a lot bulkier. It got heavier on his shoulders. They had been going like the gray and silver look. And now this one brought back the patriotic paint a little bit to it. And it just kind of made him look beefier. Like, he's he's this big war machine now again. I thought that was pretty good. Something we've seen from the, the commercials is uh, Rocket. Well, they all had the white suits. We don't have to necessarily say what the white suits are for. But right. they all had the white suits. How did you like those look? Um. Well, those those suits are based off of something else. And I don't understand, like, why they had to make them a different color. When they could have been Action based, figures. They, they could have been based off of the suit they were designed for yeah. from, and that would have been perfectly fine. And it would it would have been a little bit more of a humorous touch to see like all of the, yeah. the same uniform going out there. That would have been oh, that would have been good. That would have been really good. Yeah, the uh, Thor's costume in this movie was pretty tricky because he felt like a fish out of water the entire movie until the very end, and even in the very end, felt very wonky because of this character changes. Um, but yeah, War Machines, I think, looks awesome. I think we're going to see more War Machine in the future. They did a lot of little hints between uh, Rhodey and a lot of the other characters. Like he had a little like wink or whatever at Brie Larson and stuff like that. Stuff that pays off in the comic books. So we, we got to see a lot of that. So I think he's going to be more in the future. Uh, sets, we would have talked about a little bit. I think they did a really good job. Final scene was... It's hard because when you kind of darken things up for that final scene moment, 
you can kind of lose some characters, but I think they did a good job of tracking all the characters. You got to know where everybody was at at, the, at at all the important times. They had that football montage. You noticed that was kind of in there. I was thinking more like rugby, but yeah, but yes, yeah, like, like, yeah, uh, like yeah, that, that was interesting. Yeah, um, I, I, it's hard to it's hard for me to complain because like we want big scenes like that, but at the yeah. same time, it almost felt too big to me. Like if they could have somehow like visually like divided up a little more, but. Like eventually, like the the whole landscape just looks like the same, and so like if there'd been like a mountain in the middle of it, that would have been or, interesting, yeah. or like they were fighting like in a where like a forest meets a desert, so you had like forest scenes and desert scenes, yeah, or something like that would have made it a little bit more visually interesting and also like easier to distinguish who's battling who, yeah. But you can also understand like why they create a dark scene. They create a dark scene so they can hide all the CGI, of course, but uh, point, yeah. Uh, so that that's a limitation but like I said I think they should have if they had been some sort of more visual striking or more visual distinction in there that would have re- helped that last scene pop out a little more so a good example would have been Infinite, Infinity War when they're on in Wakanda fighting you had that in comparison to when they're on Titan fighting you had both fight scenes going on at one time one of them was red and browns was on Titans and then Wakanda's green and vibrant and like that and even when the fight became smaller and they're in the forest wooded area, when it's just our main Avengers and Thanos, I think that was a better, more striking, like you said before, we'll go with that striking version of a fight scene. Well, even in uh, Age of Ultron, like in when they're fighting in like in a city, you can say, oh, they're yeah. in a street, they're in a building. And it's easier to kind to give each character the individuality it needs. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up Age of Ultron, even the hidden Marvel movies, the uh, what's the second? Why can't I think of the second Thor one? What's the second Thor one called? Dark World. Dark World is even somewhat important in this movie. They go to all of them, guys. So make sure you know you catch up on all your Marvels. All right, so let's let's think. Okay, so that one was out of fifteen. Uh, what do you want to do? Fifteen uh, production design. Uh, fourteen, like I said, for, for the battle scenes and a few minor th- uh, things. But other than that, relatively good. I think I gotta go fifteen on this because they. How do you, I mean? I can't imagine a a bigger way, a better way to make that final scene exist. You have to shove them all together. It would be nice if it was more colorful, but I liked, I liked the idea. I almost wish. I need spoilers. <laughs> Fifteen. We'll get into it at the uh, in the next next round. All right, last bit. Special effects. I mean, they 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 used every piece of special effects they could in this thing. Well, how'd you think? It's CGI half first. So there are two effects that I that I, I thought were a little weird. So one was like the de-aging. They have a de-aged character. Yeah, that's true. And that I maybe that's because like I know like there's no I, knowing that there's an effect there like changes the way you see it. Yeah. And so because I knew that was an effect, that might have been why I perceived it differently. And there's another one where there's a character who looks very different from the way he should be. Yeah. And so that also like <laughs> looked kind of unrealistic. It, it's funny because. That character, <laughs> it's funny because I know those are people that, have, that are listening to this have watched the movie. A lot of them have. And so they're just like, just say his name. But, you know, anyway, so that character that doesn't look right, it bugged me. And it should, because it's almost like better CGI than normal. Mm-hmm. And yet it bugged the heck out of me. It's so weird. And then, yeah, the de-aging, they still haven't nailed that down. We got proof of it again. I think the de-aging got worse in this movie than it did in other movies that they used it in. Except for with that one character. Okay, so what about like in fight scenes? How did you think the CGI looked in there? Um, the CGI was better, but that's also because you expect it. Like almost every big fight scene, almost every blockbuster for the past ten years has been CGI. So I've yeah. almost been we've almost been accustomed to seeing CGI there. So because we're so used to it, and like I said, they darken that scene, so 
you can't look terribly closely at anything and yeah. it had, they 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 rush through the battle scene so you can't spend too long looking at any one thing yeah and i couldn't find any flaws in it yeah the weakness of cgi is always lighting so if you can if you can see how cgi doesn't reflect light the same way as something else your brain it tr- tells your brain like that's not normal and it messes you up and that's that's why justice league is so dark is because they're trying to hide aquaman hopping around on stuff but they overdid it and that's why that movie's not so great Okay, so I am going 14 mostly because of the de-aging. The other thing I think I just got to get used to, I, I got to give them a lot of props though because, again, that's just so much stuff they're shoving at you to make sure that CGI looks good. Special effects, why practical, practical effects, stuff like that. There wasn't a lot of practical effects in this movie except for one Thor. We'll just say Thor has some more practical effects than normal, and it looks as good as it can. I really, without him, you know, having to do more than he did. God, it's why... How'd you like the Thor's practical effects? I thought it was okay. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a hard thing to... Yeah, okay, nice job mm-hmm. on that, I guess. Stormbreaker is always awesome, too, so it's good to see Stormbreaker still around. Okay, what'd you think out of out of 15 for special effects? 14. 14 as well. All right, let's add them up. You're quick on math. You want to add them up? So I gave it a 96, and you gave it a 94. I feel dirty for giving it such a low number. <laughs> but this, it's Disney. They're the largest media company in the world. They're not going to hurt their feelings for, for their best movie. That they've, oh, they've I'll produced. get a call from Mickey and he'll be like, but why? <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So you gave it a 96. I gave it a 94. I think that's fair. Did you? Would you want to adjust your overall just off the top of your head? Uh, No. I, that That's an A. That's both a of them, solid a, both yeah. of them are solid A's. We both like this movie. This kid's at least going to state college. He's got it. <laughs> he's got it down. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, I think they're good. I think it's. Would you okay? Before we get into the spoiler area, compare rank it with all other MCU movies. That's that's difficult because, like we said earlier, this movie really rewards the people who have stuck with Marvel for the past ten years. Yeah, and so the effect this movie will have. Because you, like, for me, like, half my life has been growing up with these characters. That's so crazy and to so, think of. And, and so for me, or people like me, this, this movie has a much different impact than just someone who, like, my grandparents who've never seen a, a Marvel movie just walk in. They're not, they're, my experience is going to be completely different from theirs. Yeah. And so I'm not quite sure if I should judge it based on, like, what the random person off the street would see or what someone like me is seeing. That would be a very interesting idea is at some point do that where we take all the MCU movies and we, we go, we'll do top five on them type of thing. We've done top five MCU actually as our first episode, but we do top five and we rank the top five MCU movies for MCU fans versus top five for average moviegoers. And I bet those movies are quite different except for maybe Black Panther. I think was kind of just a universal great movie. And maybe Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I got a lot of friends that are not big fans of that movie. Hmm. And I thought, the second time I watched it, I liked it a lot better than the first time. I thought it was really good. So, okay, as an MCU fan like yourself, where would you put this in your in your ranking? I'd say it's the best. The best? Yes. It's hard because I don't know if I'm just so hyped still, you know? Mm-hmm. I would have to, I'd have to probably put it at number two because I really like Black Panther, but I think it could beat Black Panther. And Infinity War, I think it beats Infinity War. Dang, that's crazy to think something beat Infinity War. That movie was so good. All right, guys. So there you go. That's our movie free or spoiler free review. Uh, we got a 94 and a 96. So just call it a 95 even. Let them know that uh, it's good to watch. All right, guys. We're going into spoilers now. Okay. 
I'm putting spoilers all over the title of this episode. So half an hour in. Spoiler, spoilers zone, okay? How crazy is Millionaire with Captain America? Okay, so let's get right into it. I had to say that. It was driving me nuts. Okay. What's your favorite moment from this movie? Spoiler it out. Um... The, well, actually, I have, I have two in there. They're with the same character. Yeah. So one is Captain America Mjolnir. Oh, so good. Because like he like we saw in a, in a Ultron, like he's like so close to being worthy. What like it's, it's it's moving a little bit, and now like all of a sudden like he's able to use it, um, and like you think he's gonna die in that scene because like this is like the this is like the penultimate. This is like the best like this, you can do with this character, and then they go on to like the like the second to last scene. And they, they make it even better. Like, I didn't think that could be better. And yeah. then they, the, I love the way they wrap him up. Like how they saw like Captain America's arc thought the whole thing is his, the tragedy that he doesn't get his last dance with his true love. And we yeah. see that. We, he actually gets to do that. He gets to dance with Pe- Peggy Carter. And it's just like, the, I just love how, how they complete his arc so perfectly. Yeah. And also match what's happening in the comic books. Yeah. With with him dying and then give passing on the mantle to the new Captain America. I really liked speaking of that is how he's giving it to Falcon, but Falcon looks over to Bucky first and, and Bucky gives him the nod, which I thought was as, as a comic book fan vaguely, of course, I'm not, I don't know every little detail, so don't quiz me, but it goes to Bucky first and then goes to Falcon. So with Bucky kind of giving the nod, it was like a nod from the fan saying, we're okay with you skipping one and going right to the right to Falcon. I, what did you think of that? Did you think that was a, he's going to be a good Captain America? Um, it's going to be hard for the audience to adjust because we've seen Chris Evans as Captain America for yeah. so long. And I'm not quite sure he's been in the team long enough because Captain America has basically been there from the start. Right. And so everyone trusts him because he's always been there. Yeah. With Falcon, it's a little different because he's kind of a newcomer. But I think, a little scared. <laughs> I th- but, but if they do it right, especially if they have like a crisis – Especially that one that requires flying. He's one of the few Marvel characters that can fly. Yeah. Well, well, he's one of the ones that can fly. And so, if they could do that with, I, I think we should all be like really crossing our fingers for whatever the next movie he's in because that is going to set the precedent for the next chapter of the Avengers, essentially. Well, what's interesting is there's a new TV show coming up in the Disney Plus service that is Winter Soldier and Falcon together. So I'm wondering if in that service in that series, if it's before he has the shield, what do you think? Would would you rather see him with the shield or without the shield in that new TV series? I think it'd be interesting to like see why Captain America made that choice because we haven't really seen the Falcon and Captain America work a lot except for Civil War a little bit, right? But other than that, we haven't really seen them work together. So like, it'd be good for us to see like why Captain America feels like his legacy basically belongs to the Falcon. Yeah, I do. The scenes we do get with them, I really like because it's kind of they play off each other very well. Mm-hmm. One's very serious. One's kind of just poking poking a bear, you know. And I, and I would like to see a lot more of them. So let's look at the rest of Captain America's storyline. We're already talking about him. How'd you like his time travel moments? Um, I I love that scene where he's fighting himself. Yeah, that was amazing. How they had him uh, had him fight himself. And they had that, that joke like that. The America's ass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because in the first movie, he would like not cuss at all. And so we see a little bit of his growth just in that one moment. Where he's like, mm-hmm. that is America's ass. <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one thing I noticed. There's a lot more There's a lot more adult language in this this Marvel movie than most Marvel movies. That's I'm a not, good point, yeah. I'm not quite sure why they, they 
they thought that. Maybe they just think that, well, their audience has grown, like, over the past 10 years. Yeah. And so now most of them are adults. Well, MCU, like, like a lot of Disney's, you know, products nowadays, is they try to hit that four quadrant. So they try to make sure everybody can watch it. And, yeah, so you'd think that they would be more, most careful there. But, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't catch that. So that's a good call. Uh, yeah, I really liked the moment where he goes back into back into his time and he sees Peggy Carter and, and he's he's in her office and he just sits there and stands at stands at the window and watching her. I thought that mm-hmm. was such a lovely moment. It makes much more sense towards the end of the movie when he when he decides to live his life with Peggy Carter because it's like he sees that moment and he's just like, damn, you feel bad for him because he missed out on mm-hmm. all that, you know. And I also love the callback to the elevator scene. Oh yeah, oh, that was like one of my favorite moments where like he's in the elevator and that's a famous elevator scene from Civil War and it's like almost the exact shot and that's. A, that's one of the great things that they did with this is they basically like, I almost thought that those other directors were coming back because it was like, they recreated yeah. the, this visual storytelling so well. Um, and so I love the elevator scene. The fact that he basically, he uses the information that he knows in the future to basically help him with his fights in the past. Yeah. Like he whispers like hail Hydra. And one of my goosebump moments right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such a big controversy in the comic book right now is what is just a, you know, a couple maybe a year ago, two years ago, he had, he had, it had revealed that he worked with Hydra before which was like that's sacrilege. It's crazy to say that Captain America worked for Hydra, but that's that's. So when he said that, I was like, "Oh man!" And you kind of felt it in the theater too, like, "Ooh, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy." Okay, so couple little because okay, time travels involved in this movie. We're gonna have a lot of plot right. holes, right? Here we go. We had Captain America brought brings up some of our favorite ones. Where did he get the shield when he comes back at the end? Where did he get that shield? His shield is supposed to be broken. Well, I think. Well, actually, that's that's part of like the whole thing to do with time travel is basically they say that whatever future they're going back into time with, it doesn't change their future. Yeah. And so I think that he he gets it from his past self. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm still kind of confused about the double double Captain America paradox there. Yeah. But essentially, I think that's basically where it comes from. It comes from. I'm looking for. I have it written down exactly self. what Hulk said to make sure we have that. I'll find it later. I'm going over my list here. But yeah, so basically the way it works is when you go to the past, you're actually creating a new future that has your past in it, and then the, your present can affect your old past. It basically creating branches every time you do something, you're creating a whole new reality, which is a lot more fun to work with. So yeah, he must have gotten it from another Captain America. And so that would make sense that what happened was he goes back into the past and lives his life, but he has to then be able to jump back into his original timeline, right? how does that work well that's just the he might not have assumed his captain america ego and for most okay. of that time captain america was gone anyway because he was frozen right and so he could basically just be uh steve rogers or just just change his name to whatever and he's just this tall athletic looking dude that just happens to be dating a, a shield agent and like she could keep a secret so it's not not like a huge deal that i think that he could just live incognito like that for for his lifetime I think I think the only way it would work out really well is he goes back and he has enough I'd like to think he went to the nineteen seventies version of Peggy Carter, I think he went and lived with her, which I know she's a little bit older than he was, you know, if you look at the timeline wise. But I'd like to think he went back to that one because he has enough pen uh PIM car- particles to get there. So goes to that timeline, gets back with that Peggy and like, look, I'm here. Yeah, twenty years younger than you, thirty years younger, whatever, but let's still just live our lives out together. Lives the rest of his life. He had enough particles we know to at least go back. So when he when she passes away and he's ready to go ahead and all right, it's time, I'm good, I'm nice and old, he jumps back to the time just beforehand and is sitting on the park bench listening to them doing their whole thing and he's ready to hand the shield over. 
I think that might make sense too. It's a tough one. Time travel. What are you going to do, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other Captain Mar- uh, America moments you want to talk about? Those are the big ones. I do love the fights with Thanos because like, I felt like he really didn't get a lot in with him that in the first uh, in, in Infinity War. And right. so like his one-on-one moments were basically it's just him versus Thanos. I, I loved. It's so crazy to think a man with super serum, soldier, uh, whatever, was able to hold his own to Thanos. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Thanos is sitting there with his sword, which Thanos with the sword so awesome, you never thought that'd be cooler. But he's just smashing the shield to pieces. It was like, man, that's nuts. Really good moments. I think the highlight to me was Mjolnir when he's able to use Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. And there was even a moment later on where uh, Thor's like, they're both using different hammers, and Thor's like, no, you take this one, you take the small <laughs> one, I'll get the Stormbreaker back. It was just great. And then even when he's going back into into the past, he's got Mjolnir with him. I wonder. Did he actually go back to the past with Mjolnir? I don't remember now. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, I think he did. He had to. Yeah. Because Mjolnir wasn't around. And it's like basically with the Infinity Gems, he has to put it back in its rightful place. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. He has to put it back in that reality, mm-hmm. basically. Good call. And he's also, Captain America is basically like the driving force in this film. Because basically it's his relentless optimism that drives the whole mission to go back in time and fix everything. Okay. Because uh, and So like Captain America has been the, always been like the leader of the Avengers. But in a way, you like don't really quite see it until this movie. This is like the his his pinnacle of leadership. Okay, you can tell that he's the one doing the strategizing. That he's the one that feels responsibility when things go wrong. And so you really get to see Captain America in the role that we've seen him in the comic books. Okay, that's a good way to put it. And I'm gonna go with the other character, who's the pragmatist and the other leader, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be Iron Man. Uh, he had an interesting character arc, and you brought it down the first half of this segment. Where, where you were talking about how he had a very human storyline and it's because he decided when everything went terrible, he had warned everybody. That was the reason for his edge of the Civil War. He's like, look, we need to create an iron shield around Earth. And they didn't want to. They wanted their freedoms, which, you know, that argument can go for days. Well, actually, wasn't it based off of Age of Ultron where Ultron was the, supposed to be the shield? Yeah. And then it, it failed. Well, it, it turned on humanity. And right. so. And then, in, yeah. So it, it was one of these things where that, that was their fracture there. And he, 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 he gets mad at, at Steve Rogers and he's telling him, like, I told you, I told you this is going to happen. And so he decides, to, I'm done with you guys. And he goes, he has a child who's adorable. That kid was so oh, cute. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that scene with him in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. That was, even he, like when he, yeah, when he discovers time, time travel and he like sits back and he's like, oh, my God. Great Scott. He doesn't say that, but he should have. You know, he's, he's like, what the heck? And then little girl comes down and she just like diffuses the moment right away. It's really nice. I liked our intro to her. She's wearing a Captain America helmet. Wait, not Captain America. Iron Man helmet. And it's Pepper Potts Iron Man helmet. And we get, oh, that's an anniversary gift. Mm-hmm. When I first saw it, I thought it was a toy. What would you think of that? Uh, that's what I thought too, especially because like in Iron Man 2, we had that little boy who dressed up like Iron Man yeah. and the robots almost killed because they thought he was like a little Iron Man. Yeah. And so I thought that might have been like part of the merchandising scheme, especially because, well, I'm not quite sure how merchandisable the people that basically let an alien destroy half of life in the universe is. But I'm assuming that if there's a way, Tony Stark will somehow find a way to make money off of it. They still want their, they still want their Hulk. <laughs> They're still big fans of Avengers. One thing I, uh, there, I didn't know if you know this or not, but did you know that Kevin Fahey afterwards confirmed that the little boy he saved with the Iron Man helmet was actually Peter Parker? Oh, really? Yeah. Which makes sense. Peter Parker would be at a science convention like that. Mm-hmm. And he would be pumped about Iron Man. He is when he's full-grown Peter Parker. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
Other great Iron Man moments. We got a, a big mirror to old school Iron Man because he's kind of like become selfish, but it's for a good reason. And we see him driving that sports car like he used to. So we kind of got a little bit of flashback of Iron Man 1 in that sense. And we got to see, you know, him wanting to care about his own. But he, it, it also reminded us of Iron Man 3 where he just couldn't sleep. And so he knows that he has a duty and it's to protect mankind. I mean, what was your highlights of Iron Man in this movie? Well, I loved the the part where he did like the the after effect of the snap because they're yes. like, you know, they're not gonna have the balls to kill off Iron Man. Oh, I know that like, was one of those moments where you're like, no, they're not gonna kill him off. They're gonna do what they did with uh, with, with Fury in uh, Winter Soldier, where they're like, he looks dead, but no, that he is dead. Yes, and so that that was really really shocking to me. Yeah, that that at that point, like cat, like Iron Man, the one like he started all. He's the one that you expect to basically continue like forever in the universe. He's dead, and Captain America, the one that everyone expected to die, is still perfectly fine. Yeah, even though he's been so close to death so much, and so that was a really shocking moment in the movie. That's total props to the Russo brothers too, because there was a couple shots that were like panel shots where they look like they belong in a comic book. And one of them was Captain America facing off the entire invading force of Thanos. And I was like, here it is. Boom. Captain America is going to die. They kept giving you moments like that. where like, this is the where Captain America dies. I kept waiting for it. And then when Tony grabs and he has like, he snatches the gems out of the gauntlet and then you see them rise up his glove, which was just so awesome looking. And you're like, oh shit. No, it's, it's Tony that's going to die. And it's like, oh man, it's sad. Cause you're realizing what's going to happen. Hulk could barely survive it. Thanos did it twice and he can't use that arm anymore. I mean, it's crazy, you know? When you see it rise up and then he snaps and you're like, there's no way they're going to... And then, yeah, he's sitting there and he's saying goodbyes. He said one to Peter Parker, which was really sad. And, and you know, played out the first uh, Infinity War was that way. I really liked how Pepper Potts, instead of trying to... I don't know. What we normally see from Pepper Potts is her kind of be almost selfish in the sense that, like, don't get hurt, Tony. Don't get hurt. Which is not very selfish, but that's how she... Because she doesn't want to lose Tony. And here she's saying, just rest. We're all going to be okay. You can rest now. Like, Oh, man. That was so emotional. We mentioned this before, but there was open sobbing in our in our theater. I was hearing that whole thing the whole time. It was it was sad. It was a, it was a wonderful moment. And they really paid it off. I think War Machine, didn't he get his goodbyes or no? There was quite a bit. I thought, I thought Rhodey did. If not, then I'm going to assume he did. And then we had his funeral, which I thought was really cool because they, they just had... It wasn't even his full funeral where they pushed off that like flower bed into the water and they had his trophy. Oh, and his arc reactor. And it was, it was like, I loved, I think, and I, I'm not quite sure that was actually introduced in the earlier movie. It was, yeah. But I just loved what it said. Like, this is this is proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah. It, it was, was like, a gift from Pepper Potts to him at one yeah. point. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I the, the fact that it had all the people who were, who were important to him. Yeah. Even that boy from Iron Man 3. Yeah, the teenager that's standing there randomly, that's the kid from Iron Man 3 that uh, he inspired. Maybe we can get a new Iron Man out of that kid. Maybe. <laughs> and then the last little bit we want to make sure to mention about Iron Man is if you waited till the post credits, there is actually no official post credit scene. But if you wait till the very last moment of the credits, you do hear the three bangs on the anvil, which was from Iron Man one when he's building the Mach one. Mm-hmm. That was a really nice tribute and kind of like a, a phase three, you know, I wonder three hits maybe, or maybe a hint of a new Iron Man coming up. We have all kinds of possibilities after this movie. A teenager, his daughter at some point and Pepper Potts has her own suit and can always bust it out if needed. So mm-hmm. they really could do quite of anything. Okay. What's the next character you want to review? Let's do uh, black widow. Okay. How'd you like black widow's 
the first part of the movie when everybody's depressed, I really liked that part of her. What'd you, what'd you think? Um, it was very different because usually like Black, I, it's a very, almost a huge character shift for her because Black Widow normally is like the one who's always like goofing off yeah. and trying to avoid responsibility. She's the, really roguish. So the fact that she's basically like taking, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why she took, she seemed to almost like take Captain America's spot or Nick Fury's spot, but she didn't seem to be like acting in that kind of position, which seemed a little odd to her. Yeah. Uh, so... The, and that's basically what she was doing in the first part, but maybe that's because that that was such a sudden, sudden shock that losing everyone caused that that change in her. Yeah, I think a lot of it was Captain America was okay with coming to terms with what had happened and kind of moving on with his life after Avengers, when she had said like this is all I have. Avengers is there. I was nothing before Avengers, so while Captain America is okay with letting it slip by, she's fighting to keep Avengers going on because it's all she has as a person. Um, what what? How did you like? Her, I, I didn't care for it. It's my least favorite of the side stories. Her time travel moments, it, they were with Hawkeye. I was about to say Hawkman again. With the with the Soul Stone. Yeah, I think I think it was actually like the perfect way for her to die, okay. because she she like she said before she has red on her ledger. She's done bad things. She has to make it up. And so you have two people. One of them has has kids. One of them has a family. Well, that's basically his uh, his motivation is like his family. And that so so they really need him, whereas Black Widow has never had that. Yeah. And so she doesn't really have a whole lot of people who depend on her. And so especially because I believe Bar uh, uh, Barton was basically the person that brought her out of uh, her 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 deadly assassin life working for the bad guys. I felt really fitting for her to basically make that sacrifice. I wish they had been a little bit more adult on how they did it, because like it was a little goofing off, kind of having fun with it. I didn't. I almost felt like the scene was too long, and while I'm watching it, I'm waiting for the Marvel thing to happen, where they'll find a way out of this. There'll be a cute little way out of it. And so, because they're goofing off so much, by the time she finally does get let go and dies, kind of like, ah, that's not as emotional as it should be. I don't know. Did you feel as invested in her death as you did with, say, Tony's? Not as much. No, but I've never really, I've never been as much of a Black Widow fan. She's always been more, much more of a side character than true, Tony true. or Captain America. Yeah, it makes sense being that she died like halfway in the movie. You know, they they knew that people weren't going to be as invested. I just felt like when she died, they did have that scene at the at the docks when everybody was upset and Thor's just like, "We'll snap her back. We'll snap her back. It's not a big deal." I think that was kind of the best we're going to get for a funeral of her. But when you juxtapose that to Iron Man, who for the characters in the movie should be just as close as Black Widow is. You could tell it's almost like they're going to take time and show her him more respect than they did to her. It feels like for, for me. But also they experienced the death differently. So like for everyone except for Hawkeye, this was a death on a distant world that none of them saw. Whereas I think almost everyone, like everyone was crowding around Tony. Yeah. Everyone saw this death. And so for them, they, that death experience is very different. Yeah. And then one's, one's happening after everything is cleared up. The other one's happening in the midst of it. So there's also... Mm -hmm. We don't have time to react, so there's that too. Um, but I think it was a good close to her storyline. We do have her upcoming movie, and I think because they hinted at the whole idea of Hawkeye saving her, you know, Barton saving her, so I think we're going to see that in her upcoming movie, the prequel to to her. Would you, would that is that something you'd want to see? Oh yes, I'd love to see. Like that's a really interesting, compelling story of how someone who's like grown up and always have to work, how always worked for basically what we consider the bad guys. Yeah. And so basically how 
she changes that, especially because we see in, uh, in Winter Soldier how basically she she says, I traded working for the KGB for working for Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically, like, like seeing that transition from, like, working from the bad guys and, like, her basically her redemption arc. Yeah. And so that if, if they had come out with that before this movie, I think I'd feel her death a lot more because I'd be much more invested in her arc. I'd be much more invested in this person who was bad and now is good and now is giving up the ultimate sacrifice for the, the good yeah. as opposed to what we kind of have now. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be talking a lot about Hawkeye. Let's get into him. I really loved the opening scene. It was all Hawkeye with his daughter. I, that's, we've, see, we've set up a lot of future heroes here. A lot of people's daughters and sons are going to become superheroes, I think. And we have our future Hawkeye. The, the fact that they were raptured away, or raptured, snaptured away, and then we we got him being Ronin. How did you like the idea of him being Ronin and going on a killing spree and stuff like that? Did you felt did you feel like that was needed for the story? Did you enjoy that? I well actually I kind I I understand where he's coming from emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like someone just killed half of humanity, and now we and even with that, we still have gangsters, we still have crime, we still have people doing terrible things. And so I kind of I can see his disillusionment, especially like when I said like the, his his motivation is his family. Okay. That is what's keeping him sane. And so in a way, it was good to see him go insane. Yes. yes. Uh, but they hadn't really. The problem is they didn't really invest much in it. So they like hear about one bad thing he did, and then we see like a small little fight, and all of a sudden he works on the mission. And so yeah. if in order for that story to have worked, they needed to give it a little more time and like see basically like see like what was like the first inciting incident as, as Ronan, like what was the first, who was basically like the first crime lord he took on. And then I kind of see like, we have that scene with Black Widow where basically he, he says, he sees her and basically says, sure, I'll work with you. And so that feels a little sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish wh- what we need is the, is the, I think we are getting Hawkeye's show. It needs to be a Ronan show. I'd like to see that, that span where he's really starting to fall apart and he's going full, you know, Ronan. And it's funny that you brought it up that way, that he sees the disillusionment, because I didn't pick up on that. I saw a man who's just like, I want revenge on everything, and I can't reach Thanos right now. So he's just ripping the heads off of people he can, and, and he's not worried about anything like that. But I like your idea better. That's much more of a Batman-esque moment, where he's, he's but obviously Batman wasn't just ready to kill people, of course. But it's that where it's, it is for a good, and I just I thought he had lost it. So I like your version of it better. Um so what we're seeing, we got to see a lot more of him. He was he was the first one willing to go back into the past for the time travel uh, tests. You know, I thought that was cool. It's a really nice moment where he's calling to his daughter, and his boom, right away he disappears right before the daughter gets down. It was really cool. Um, and and then he had that moment with with Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson, mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're deciding who to jump off. And again, that that was just kind of one of those things that was kind of false. But I felt like, and it's nuts. That's why it, it should have gone the other way for me is when he's like running and he's looking at her, you're like, this is the moment. This is a great way for Black, for for Ronan to go out, for Hawkeye to go out. This is perfect for him. And then for her to like jump down, grapple hook him up, and then to fall, I was like, you took away the emotional sting. Now I don't feel anything for her dying. Mostly because I felt it for him already when he was running off at the end there. How do you, Which one of those two do you think should have died? Like I said before, I think it's it's better for Black Widow just like from a story perspective because all she has in her life is the Avengers. And so like he has much more in his life that he has to live for than she does. And also it's like the reverse of that salvation arc where she saved he saved her and now she's saving him. But for cinematography reasons, like of the way that battle went out, 
which way should have finished off? Do you think they should have finished off with him running off and they're just jumping and then done? Or, and then her like just waking up with a crystal in her hand, Jim? Or do you think it went well the way it went? I think it should have, I think they should have just ended it like after the first one, right? I think she like shoots him or she like immobilizes yeah. him and then she, then she started run off. And then he and I think up. that's exactly where the battle should have ended and she, the, the cliff should have just been a little that shorter. Been, yeah, because he did an explosive arrow and it kind of just like, eh, okay, I can see what we're doing now. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Okay, good call, good call. Because that's my thing is story wise, I think you're right. I think you're right on story wise. Cinematography wise, that's my one moment where I really just felt like it was super weak. And so, like, I want, okay, then show, shoot, shoot this differently. Like, show us a little more. Anything else from Hawkeye you want to talk about? Not, oh, the, oh, I love that scene when he's like, they blew up the headquarters, mm-hmm. and he's like the only person fe- uh, facing against like those giant monsters from, yeah. from uh, the, the first one. And so, like, I, I, I really liked that because it's like, he's not, he doesn't even have superpowers. Yeah. And so he's, he's basically like the weakest Avenger going yeah. against the entirety of an army. And so I just, I love that, the, all those little moments. And that part where like the Gamora and the Nebula triad, and he's just kind of saying that like, yeah. I'll just take this and go, I'll let you solve yeah. your problems, yeah. family problems. <laughs> he is definitely the human in the superhero world. All right, going from the weakest Avenger, let's go to the world's mightiest Avenger. Let's go to Thor. Oh, I loved him so much in this movie. What do you think of the five year later version of Thor? I don't know, like what, to me it seemed like he almost went too far. Like I've never seen Thor that depressed. Yeah, I think he should have been more depressed when Thanos took out half his people than this, like than where he is right now. Yeah, and so I think his, and I, th- I think it also goes back to that controversy. Like he should have gone for the head. Yeah, of where course. He feels like I think that's repeating in his head every day. He's like, I should have gone for the head. I should have gone for the head. Yeah, and so so, but I think he almost went a little too far. Like I've never, we've never seen like the Hulk uh, or. Sorry, Thor do that before. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it just seemed a little out of character, especially the way he let his body go. Yeah, he, he did get that beer gut and uh, and the hair was straight up old school Odin. I thought that it was pretty good because the what saved it in that first scene where we're being introduced to him in, his, in New Asgard is the fact that when Hulk mentioned Thanos and then we saw him like just just get like angry and break down and frustrated and falling apart all in one moment like chris hemsworth acting peak right there when we see him like no don't say that name and you're like he's just like so mad and so broken they were like oh that's what's going on not this persona he's putting on not this i'm drinking all the time hey let's hang out let's play Fortnite. it, it, it goes beyond that actually he's just burying himself in the, and then we hear that um uh, tessa thompson says that Oh, he's not here normally. I think he goes out fishing or something like that. Like he's just purposely gone wandering all the time. So I, I think if it wasn't for that moment where he's breaking down in front of Hulk and even Banner like says like, oh, I see buddy. Like he kind of like understands at that moment. It kind of tells us like, okay, we're seeing real Thor right now. So, and he really does put a lot on him. He has Stormbreaker. It's literally meant to kill Thanos. Like that's why he got it. And then for him to miss the shot. So I, I see why he went down like that. I think that's why. So taking that version of Thor, how do you think his time travel moment went when he went back and then he was able to see his mom? I th- I thought that was really good. And that's basically what they did with all the main characters is basically they have them solve their big issues. So like yeah. Iron Man has huge daddy issues. So he sees okay, his yeah. dad. That's a good way to put uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Captain America's big issue is the fact that he's, 
frozen out of time. He's a man out of time. And so like that, his time travel is really relevant to him because he goes back in time basically to fix his mistakes. Yeah. And so with this one, I think that's, that's one of the big things with his mother. Like I wish that Thor Dark World had taken a little bit more because basically it just ends with his mom's death. And it's like, oh, it's pretty. But he, yeah. never really, he never really has to grapple with her death. And so I think that might be like part of the reason why he goes down and say like, he has all this death in his ledger from like Dark World on. Like his mom dies, he his girlfriend breaks up with him, and then his world gets destroyed, then half his people die. His <laughs> dad then, dies, his brother dies four or five times. <laughs> and so every so he's he's so full of death and so like he's never really we've never seen him process that. Yeah. And so to have him talk to his mom and see that these issues are there and have him ha, have those moments where his mom are really beautiful. I really like that idea, the fact that they went back and dealt with their issues in the past. That's a really good way to put it, and I didn't think about it before that way. But that's true. Of all the people, it's most evident in Thor. I, I really did like the moments where when he first gets there, every every decision he makes is from this new Thor, where he's, he's a little bit extra rash, and he's not really paying attention. Like when they were like, okay, who's going to do the snap? He's like, oh, I got this. Let me, let me do this. He's so desperate for something to just fix it. You know what I'm saying? You could tell, like, the eagerness that he wants to just snap his finger and, and fix it all. It's like, okay, Thor's fine. Okay, we're fine. I'm, I'm good. But I think one of the wonderful moments that we had, two of them, actually, with Thor, was the mule in there when he first, when he's about to leave with a rocket, and he's like, hold on, wait a minute. And he waits for the hammer, and then even his mom's like, it takes a moment, you know? How'd you like that? Did you think that, that was a nice little little treat? Yeah, I think so, because he, he says, like, now this proves that I'm worthy. Yeah. And so that was like, a little boost that he needed to go on. I think that that moment should have happened a little earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, Rocket basically does the mission by himself. Yeah, he does. Like, if, if Rocket could have, like, somehow failed, and, like, in that desperate moment where, like, Rocket needs Thor's help, and he's, like, he, like, holds out his hand and he gets Mjolnir, and then that's the moment that pushes him on to help Rocket and complete nice, the mission, yeah. that would have been a little bit more complete than just kind of, like, almost this afterthought yeah. in that scene. That's that's a very good way to put it. I like that idea. They, they could have made it to where it was more of a necessity. And then he's like hyped because he has it. And then the other the other moment is later on when we see that Captain America saves him by throwing Mule in there, which, God, it still was one of the best moments. The way he's like, I knew it! it was, he was so excited to see his friend, to see his friend is worthy enough, you know? So it was really cool. I That that character had such an emotion. We had so many emotional moments in this movie. So much character development moments. And and Thor was a was a huge hit for me, uh, overall. I really liked him. Any big moments? The last bit that you want to mention on him? Um, Thor, I don't think so. No. I, I think we got to go neck the big muscles himself. Yeah. Let's go into Hulk. All right, break it down. What what was the what was the big changes coming to Hulk? Well, I I didn't really like what they did with Hulk with Hulk because like the big thing about Hulk is that he's two different people, right? And he's always struggling between these two different people. Am I the a big angry guy or am I the intellectual? Yes. And in this one, they kind of decided to split the difference. Mm -hmm. And so I did. They, they did create a lot of humorous scenes. For example, like he's in New York and he's like, "Well, maybe you should go around and smash things." And he's like, "Well, that seems a bit gratuitous to me." Yeah, I love uh, that. Uh, um, <laughs> he reminded me real quick. He reminded me so much of Shrek at that moment when Shrek's like. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so, but I, again, like they, that kind of like destroys like his big conflict because they basically just like like wiped their hands of it, and just like solved it. Like yeah. also, like you don't really get to see like big, uh, huge Hulk. We he just we have kind of like a medium sized intellectual Hulk. Yeah, and so that was kind of a, 
I understand why they did that, and it seemed like a good one, especially because it led to that moment with Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. And basically you have a magician and a scientist talking about the exact same thing. Oh. And I love that moment because like the it kind of shows like with the with the with in the Marvel universe basically how like magic and science meet. It's all energy. Yeah. And so I just love the fact that they were talking about that in, in that scene. And so it made sense. But again, like and also like he was like the only person that ha- actually has a better well, him and Tony are the only people who have better lives after the snap. Yes. Because like he he becomes like a fan hero, and so like where before, like he kind of rejected the Hulk as kind of bad, the bad part of him. He's like he embraces it, and he, he, it shows the benefits of embracing your true self. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it wasn't the benefits of embracing. So here's here's our problem with he just felt wrong to me is because when Stanley wrote him, he wanted to create a superhero that took on Frankenstein's monster, and he wanted a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, so that you could relate to that Frankenstein's monster. So the idea was Doctor Jekyll turns into Frankenstein monster is what he wanted. And now we have a talking Dr. Frankenstein monster, and it's like, this doesn't feel right, you know? I, I One thing that was very important that, that doesn't get pushed enough is in this gamma, I'm putting up quotation marks because it's all we got from it, this gamma experiment thing that he was doing to, to mix the two, is we got a little bit of both. So we have the intelligence of Bruce Banner, and we have the muscles of Hulk. But I, one thing I did like is we did see the personalities mix a little bit mm-hmm. where it was Banner's personality, but it was heightened by Hulk's personality. He was a lot more fun and, care, and carefree, you know? I did like that part, but it just felt weird seeing Hulk walk around and talk the whole time. Well, actually, if you go into the source material, the actual Frankenstein book, like for Frankenstein's monster is an intellectual. He's actually okay. he 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 teaches himself how to read. He's quoting like ancient poetry. Yeah. He's actually a really smart character that the world treats badly because he looks like a dead corpse. Yeah, and so in a way, I, I that, that is an interesting nod to like the, the like Frankenstein. But again, like I also felt like they were breaking that that really important inner struggle between the two and basically kind of like wash your hands of it. Like it almost like this movie, like needed like a few previous movies, like what ha- what's happening in those five years? Because I yeah. really like to see like what's happening in that lab and how, how does he merge those two parts of himself? We have so little information and it's such a huge reveal when it does happen. Although it was super undercut and, Great way when he gets the picture with the kids and it's with Ant Man taking the picture and then he's like, "Guys, want a picture with Ant Man too?" And he's like, "Looking at it, um, no, who the hell's Ant Man?" <laughs> and he's, "No, it's okay. They don't know who I am. It's okay." He's like, "No, come on, take it, oh, dude." It's so I love that moment. It was really, really, really well done. Uh, another big, big moment from the comic books that we see. It was kind of a nod to the comic books. It's from Secret Wars. Is when the Avengers facility falls. It's Hulk holding up all that rubble. Mm-hmm. It's a huge nod to Infinity or uh, Secret Wars when he's holding up a mountain range, and it was one of the most Hulk moments in the in comic books. Um, is there any other moments that really stood out for you, Hulk wise? He just was Hulk smash. I think that part was probably one of the funniest parts. He's like, okay, he like dents a car, and <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I really liked I really liked Hulk overall, but it was just the, I think the CGI something, something wasn't quite right, but. Once you get used to him, mm-hmm. you get you get to like him. The way he had that little the extra taco for Ant Man was cool. That was cool. Speaking of Ant Man, how did you like Ant Man in this movie? I well, actually, we we should almost call it like uh, his actual name because Ant Man, like in his powers, doesn't really do much in this. Yeah, movie. at the very end, pretty much, and then like there is a little bit in the timey wimey part, but yeah. So Scott Lang, yeah, yeah. So mostly like Scott Lang, and so like. He was basically like the butt of all the jokes. Yeah, which is 
Which, which, is which is kind of his character. Yeah. So like there was that taco scene where like, yeah. this poor man has these tacos. But and he's also like the way they use to like explain to the audience everything that's happened. And so and I did I did love that first part where he comes out of the time machine and like he has the most human reaction to that. Like he's walking to this apocalypse. Basically yeah. everyone's like, What's wrong with you? Yeah. And he's like, I wasn't here. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And so like we everyone else has to explain it to him. And so instead of like having to like redo like shoot like scenes of the past movie and try to incorporate into this this felt like a little bit more of an organic way to get that yeah. audience in back into this world that they've created i think this is probably my favorite favorite scott lang story so far where he's sitting there he, he works really well in an ensemble cast i think his own movie it's too many like dad jokes you know what i'm saying right. they're kind of like jokes that don't quite land they're a little bit meant for the kids but they're not really good i i think he does too many of them but in this movie when he's mixed with the hulk when he's mixed with with Robert Downey Jr.'s personality, I think he does well. I, and I really enjoyed him. I, I wish he was more in Infinity War. We barely got, you know, he wasn't really in Infinity War. So it was good to see him in this one and really stretch his legs. I, I liked him. He was he did so much damage. One of my favorite moves is when he becomes Giant Man, when he's huge, and he just punches one of the big Shatari flying worm ship things. That was awesome. <laughs> like, where were you when we were in New York? It was great. So it was really cool. And then when he almost kills Tony in the, in the time shift. I keep naming it different things and they all call it a time heist. I don't know. I'm not calling it a badass time heist like that, but yeah, that was pretty cool when he went in that microscopic enough to, mm -hmm. to mess with Tony's heart. So it's pretty crazy because Tony's heart's running off a battery. Okay. What's the next character we should go into? We don't have too many more left. Guardians of the galaxy characters. And we got Spider-Man. Well, we only have, we basically rockets the only, we're and rocking and, and Nebula are the only ones left. Let's go to Nebula. Okay. Because I think she, her, her subplot had the most tension. It did. Because, it did. because she, she's going to the stone and then she's caught in that network. Yeah. And so I, I also like, I loved the way that that's, that's one of the best like time travel stories you mm -hmm. can do is where you have a present character and their past character and like since she's like a, she's a good person now and a bad person then yeah. and having them both conflict conflict and so i really liked how they did that plot yes and also like that basically like she's the reason why the, the whole final battle happens is because she she inadvertently connects to that network and so yeah. i i do and i love the i loved when they switched her out like i didn't even realize that that that, that was a, a visual they could change the the gold plate that's over her head and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and i like that that's a trope too we see in a lot of superhero movies and in time travel movies but i was like man that's cool they're bringing it in the moment when you have the the lookalike come in and portray you know to act like they're the normal nebula i kept thinking that she had messed up her hand when she went to go reach for one of the stones and I was kept thinking like, okay, so War Machine's gonna see that and know like, oh, that's a fake one because her hand's fine. But no, they they didn't even do that. It was one of those movie trope moments I kept waiting for, where it was like they're gonna have a moment where they're both like fighting, and Rocket's gonna be there with a gun, like ready to shoot one of them and say, no, it's me, no, it's me. But that never came. No, they just she straight up got shot by past Nebula. So I mean, it was like that's cleaned up real clear. And that, that's a one of those future movies I can't wait for is Guardians of the Galaxy three. I want to see Nebula and Gamora. Patching their relationships up, relationship up, sisters traveling through galaxy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that seem like a fun movie? Well, where so that, that that's past Gamora because that was a little confusing to me because like Gamora is, is Gamora died in the last. I think thing. I said Gamora when I met Nebula earlier. Okay, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> we have so much confusion. Time travel stuff. Yeah. Gamora from the past, yes, mm -hmm. and. Our, we'll say our Nebula, are together now. Okay. So Gamora does not know 
Star-Lord, and Star-Lord's still in love with Gamora. So that's how that's ending, too. Well, So all the Guardians of the Galaxy, basically, are searching for Gamora. We also know that we have um, Warlock. He's, he's out there hibernating, getting ready to come out. So yeah. lucky for them, they have a Thor with them now. Because Thor decides, I'm leaving this whole place to Tessa Thompson's character. Um, what's her name? Valkyrie. Now? Thank you. Valkyrie, she's now in charge of New Asgard, and he's going to go pal around with the Asgard- Asgardians of the Galaxy, so that'd be really cool. I'm pretty excited for that. And they had a, that funny scene where, like, who's in charge? Oh, I can't wait for that next movie. It's gonna be so I good. love that in a dynamic, because they even they had this in the the, the Infinity War, where yeah. they're basically, like, they have two two guys that, like, one's really insecure, and one's really, really secure, yeah. and they're, they're, like, always, like, playing off each other. I just love their chemistry when they're in scenes together. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that's a lot of fun. And then, so we have Nebula, who basically created the problem. She's really struggling with this idea that she's on the opposite side of Thanos right now. When Thanos' head was removed, the our Thanos was beheaded right away. She went and closed his eyes because it's still her dad, so there's always mm-hmm. that dad tension. We are reminded again and again and again that she did everything she could for her father. She always wanted her father to be proud of her. Her father was always just proud of her more and more. So I really did like that, that story with her. And now that we're seeing... She's the one that's reminding Gamora that, hey, we were sisters, we became friends. And so now the prospects of the future are those two traveling together and really bonding. I'm really, really happy for that. I like those two characters together. So let's talk about Rocket Raccoon. How'd you like Rocket in this? Um, I liked how he was so pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Like he was always the one that just said, you know, we're gonna we're just gonna go out and do this. Yeah. I especially liked his really relationship with like Thor. Yes. On the in Asgard because like he he basically has to do everything himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While Thor's having his crisis. Yeah. yeah. And so I just love the the way that that kind of interacted because he was uh, like he said like I love that scene where he says like come closer come closer and he like snaps him snaps him in the face and says get we have to get this we have the one yeah. in hundreds of millions of chances. To, to get this right and you're you're just screwing around right now yeah. and so I, I i do love the way like rocket worked but he wasn't a big character and i don't i think that's a good thing because we don't know enough about rocket yet to really make him the the center of a movie yet yeah his own story would be interesting with the whole planet and everything like that that he came from but he does so well as the the comedic effect where he just comes in for a quick sting like when he's like okay who's been to space before and they all raise their hands like that's that's rocket that's perfect mm-hmm. right there he comes in with a gun maybe and just like blows things up that are way too big for him um i wish we had a moment with him and Groot because we didn't have a moment where Groot comes back and in the last movie it was super sad when Groot left so i wish we had that moment again you know we didn't seem to really have that we did have well, there was a little piece i'd caught where Groot's about to be blown up and then Rocket, or it was because of the bombardment. Mm-hmm. And he like, Rocket goes to cover him, which is not how that normally should work. Groot's the one that should be covering you. But we got to see that, that Rocket's willing to die for Groot. But I mean, it was kind of just, you almost had to be looking for it to catch it. It was kind of too small. Um, But yeah, I just, I want more Rocket. But I think they did well. I, I mean, I can't say that they need to. There's too much stuff in this movie as it is. It's a shame they didn't they didn't have more a scene with uh with Rocket and Iron Man. Because basically Rocket is kind of like the Iron Man of... Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, that's a good catch, yeah. where he's like an alcoholic mechanic, wisecracker. Yeah. And so I, I wish there was a little bit more between them before we kill off Iron Man. Okay, then who do we have next? Spider-Man, probably a little bit. Basically, let's go to all the characters that got snapped away and they're just coming back. I really like that Spider-Man had the closure with him. There was that moment where Spider-Man first lands. He's like, what's going on? I was there and then I woke up and I'm no by myself. And so he's confused because everybody who was snapped back, they don't know what happened for the past five years. Mm-hmm. 
And while he's talking, we're not even really paying attention to his dialogue because we're watching Tony's face where he's just like, oh my God, you're back. That was one of the big motivations to go ahead and go through all this time travel stuff for Tony Stark was to try to get Spider-Man back, try to get Peter Parker back. So then he embraces him and it's just like, oh yeah, there's that hug. Remember back in Homecoming when he was like, no, we're not quite at hugging yeah. phase yet. So I was good to see that come back. I really liked it. We got to see kill mode, instant kill mode, right? On yeah. the Spidey suit. That was cool to see. Um, as for uh, Star-Lord, we got a quick little moment with Gamora where he, now we know he's going to be searching for Gamora. Uh, we did see a part where Drax jumped on the back of one of the guys. And he's just like stabbing him with the knives. Mm-hmm. He does it so fast. I love that. I'm trying to think of any other little character moments we want to catch. I think we kind of got a lot of them. What about the the that lady scene? Basically, like they had all the female characters. Yeah. What did you think of that? Um, I think it was small enough that it was it was it was cool. Yeah. Like had that had they played it for a little bit longer, I'd be like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're pandering yeah. to me. But I thought it was just enough to be like, yeah. that's badass. Yeah. That's cool. I like that too, because it's something that I think maybe they wanted to remind us about, and we don't really think about a lot is. In Marvel Universe, there's a lot of female characters that are pretty awesome. They don't have a lot of standalone films yet, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of awesome female characters. And we even lost one, which is crazy. And there's she's not in there, but still, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to see that. I think. Oh, Captain Marvel. I think she's just too powerful in the in the, in the MCU. What do you think? I know she's like super powerful altogether, but. So basically they solved that by basically having her in space for the entire movie and not going back in time. Yeah, and they did give her a good reason to be in space because she's basically the Avenger for the rest of the planets is what they almost pitch it. She's kind of like Green Lantern for the DC. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like when she comes in, it's, okay, change the title war now because we have we have a Captain America or Captain Marvel here. I feel she takes, she takes away Sanctuary 2, which is uh, Thanos' ship. I just kind of feel like she's just a little bit too powerful. I'd like to see her scale back a little bit. I don't know. Would you change her at all? Or would you just leave the way she is where she goes to space a lot? Well, she's basically like Superman. And so when they were yeah. riding Superman, they said, we have to create a kryptonite because he's too strong. Right. And so I, I haven't seen Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, but it would be nice if she had something like that with a kryptonite. Well, I don't know, because then like with Superman, like there's always somehow kryptonite somehow involved in the story. Yeah. yeah. But like, it'd be nice if there was something that could slow somehow slow her down or weaken her, like some sort of ray or something like that. Yeah. Where she might have to struggle against that and have her more human. There might be out. something, but I can't remember what it is. It sounds like there is something there. The Captain Marvel movie, though, I can't suggest it enough, did do a solid job of grounding her into humanity. It was, it was a really nice job. Um, and as for Superman, one of the stories that doesn't get enough love, I know we're not talking DC here, but was Man of Steel because they didn't use kryptonite to make him weak. They did the whole over sensory overload. Where when the new Kryptons came to Earth, they were like, I can hear everything, I can see everything, it's messing me up. And that was his advantage, was that he grew up on here and then he had to keep himself focused the whole time. So I like that. So if it was something as simple as that, to mess up Captain Marvel would be pretty neat. But it, it, she's going to be a character that I think is going to be hard for them to really justify. Um, Doctor Strange, every time he's on scene, he's awesome. I just love mm-hmm. him. He portals in every army you can think of, even the Ravagers from space and... I mean, it's he is so strong. And then when we see the other wizards come in, too, you're like, oh, this is done. When they start getting bombarded, you see the wizards bust out the shields over people, these canopies. It was really cool. He's I can't wait for his next movie. Um, I, I think we kind of covered everybody. I can't think of anybody else. What do you think? I think that, well, unless we go to kind of people who were in the time travel adventures. Was there anybody that stood out in those time travel adventures too? Um, we had the Stan Lee cameo in the 1970s. It was really cool. I, I liked uh, Cap, 
Iron Man's dad. Yes. I love that scene between the two of them because, like, again, Iron Man basically gets to solve some of his daddy issues. The fact that he's like a father and now he's relating to his father about being a father. Yeah. It was really important. And actually, I thought there was almost going to be, like, some sort of switch going on because he has to hold something. I was like, ooh, that'd be, like, perfect if, like, Iron Man's dad was, like, trying to uh, stop Iron Man from stealing the Tesseract. Yeah. And so just, like, just doing a switch and they'd have to do more, but they didn't go that direction. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was a, that was a really, a really cool moment to have the two of them bond in basically a way that he never felt he could as a child. Yeah, and it was it was a good timing because it was when Tony himself was about to be born, So they, and they both have these children that they're trying to protect. It was a good moment. Yeah, I really liked that. Any other ones that you wanted to get out there? Uh, don't think so. Okay. Oh, actually, one more was be Thanos. Like Thanos call, is yeah. Thanos became like almost almost everyone's like favorite villain because he he seemed so realistic, like in his motivation. Yeah. And in this one, if you're a big huge Thanos fan, like you you're gonna be a little bit disappointed in this one. He's kind of he goes back to being almost like a two dimensional villain. You're right. Yeah. I it, and it almost it felt kind of deflating after infinity war infinity war when it could be argued that thanos is the protagonist in that movie really because so much about him that in this movie yeah he's back to two dimensions it is disappointing almost but i I still just love the way he's like very like regal and the way he's very like like talking about destiny like he's he hears he's gonna die in the future and he's like yep that's fine i did my mission yeah i that's my destiny i'm fine with it and so I, I do love his presence, the fact that he's not necessarily like a, a menacing villain. It's almost like someone you want to have. And he almost looks like someone who want to have, like, be a king or have authority. And the fact, the, the, the sinister part is the fact that he wants to be, be an authority and then, you know, destroy the whole universe and create it again. And so, uh, and his, his threat to Earth didn't really seem that realistic because, like, all in that one location... Yeah, and so they, they try to make this big thing about him being like a threat to Earth and how he's going to destroy it, but that the stakes in that last battle didn't quite seem as high as like the Battle of New York, for example, in the first Avengers movie. Yeah, it, you almost wonder, and I know this has been kind of brought up by a few people, is why didn't he bombard it like that before? Those guns that he had, why didn't he do that like the first time he came in instead of using the rings or whatever? Like he could have been. Wiping people out all this whole time that way, you know? Well, that's because of his arrogance. So he thinks that he has a good army, and he only sees, like, a few a little Avengers to, at the start of the battle. Mm. And so, like, he's like, oh, I can just, like, you know, throw a few guys at it, and it'll solve itself. Yeah. And then once once he sees, like, he might be losing this battle, he's, like, willing to just kill everyone. Even in, But even in Infinity War, you're like, I don't know. It's one of those things that they, yeah. they just can't do that, you know? Uh, another little plot hole I wanted to bring up was... It can be explained away, but it just feels weird. Tony, or uh, Tony's right. Peter Parker goes back to class after five years missing, and his friend's sitting there and like, oh, I'm happy to see you. So his friend must have been snapped away is the only thing that makes sense? I think so. So I just kind of think like in, they said that in Far uh, far From, or Far Away Home or something like that, whatever the next one is, uh, Far From Home, sorry, the new Spider-Man movie, that it's going to be directly right after the scenes in Endgame. I want to see something where they explain why half the kids are moving on or half the kids are graduated and the other half of the kids, we have a big influx in our eighth grade class because all these kids were gone and now they're back. So from like grades from eight to kindergarten out double full, you know, it's, it's going to be nuts for a little bit. I don't know. It just kind of felt weird. What'd you think of that? Although I do like the way they did that because otherwise like you have no consequences. And yeah. I liked how in this movie there were consequences. 
And so bad things happen and like, and that's how life is, right? Right? Like a bad thing happens and like you just can't, you can't literally just snap and have it be fixed. Some things you just can't fix and you just have to live with that. And so I do like the fact that there is, there are lasting effects from all this on humanity and on the superhero lineup where they could have, if they've wanted to, they could have like had the snap fix everything. Yeah. And then that would have felt like we've gone through all this and nothing happened. Yeah. So I do like the fact there are lingering consequences for humanity and the universe. All right. Okay, so we're at pretty far into this. It's been a pretty long review, but this I mean, what are you going to do? It's Avengers Endgame. You yeah. have to, 10 years leading to this moment. So I want to read through a few of my notes, and then we'll go from here. Uh, and we'll wrap this up. I'm shooting for about another eight more minutes. This made me. This movie made me fall in love with the original Avengers. What'd you think? Like, it just, I, I was like, Re fall in love. I mean, like I already love these characters, but then then I've been reintroduced or I've been introduced to Doctor Strange and Black Panther, and so I'm like, man, I love that Doctor Strange movie. I love New Thor, but then watching this movie, I'm like, man, I love Iron Man. I love Captain America, like the originals. What'd you think of that? Well, that was the that was the genius of this movie is that you don't really feel someone's loss until you fall in love with them. So this movie like made you fall in love with people and then took them away. Yeah, and that's what made it so emotional. Yeah, and, and it reminded you of the good times because this was literally a 10-year project. I mean, it, it took them 10 years to really master this. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I uh, wanted to give a shout-out, a little Easter egg. During the counseling session, the support group there with, with Captain America where he's leading it, Joe Russo, one of the directors, is the guy talking the most. So he's he's there. There's also the creator of Thanos, comic book-wise. I can't remember his name. He's there, too. He's kind of the thin gentleman there. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, there's a hint to Namor, which is a big character in the comic books. They talked about tremors in the ocean and like when they're, when Black Widow is the leader of the Avengers at the time, a little hint to Namor, but I think it's too soon to bring Namor in. What do you think? This Marvel version of Aquaman, it would be a little hard to bring him in right now, right? And I don't think they need him. They have plenty of heroes as it is. True. We lost a couple good ones, but even then we still have a lot of backup. I just feel like, but with... With Aquaman out right now, it's hard to kind of bring in another version of Aquaman. I know not in the same world, of course, but I don't know if it would play very well. Well, they have two versions of Shazam right now, and so with Captain Marvel and Shazam. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, nice catch. <laughs> nice move. You had me stumped. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. But I just thought, okay, maybe they're going to be, if they're hinting at it, maybe he's coming up next. Then we could have a little bit of the Illuminati. We'll have to replace Captain uh, Iron Man in that case. Uh, next up, little cameo. There's so many cameos in this movie. We have Yvette O'Connor Brown. There was Matthew Barry was with Robert Redford during that whole scene. He's a fantasy football genius from ESPN. I love him. Um, we had, oh, I really like the sound design piece where when the when Nebula and War, War Machine go and try to get the stone from Peter Quill while he's like dancing, mm -hmm. when we first see that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's got the music, the soundtrack in the background blaring, and we're like dancing with them. It's a real fun movie. Oh yeah! But now we're watching it from their <laughs> point of view, and it's just some idiot out there dancing, <laughs> like do like one little line here and there as he's singing it out. What'd you think of that? Well, I, well, they did it so like we hear the song first, and so we we're do, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's the 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 bathos of that moment is the fact that. We're immersed in that moment, and then we're immediately taken out and seeing how objectively ridiculous it is. Yeah, and so I do, I do love that little touch. It was, had me going. I just Guardians of the Galaxy still is such just such a gem. Um, dual wielding Thor, that was neat. Boy, I, 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 I don't know if he can keep Mjolnir because I, after thinking about it, just like the gems, it has to go back to the original Thor, right? Yeah, it's the only way to be fair. So I think they have to bring that back. I think that's why Captain America's holding it. 
But man, I really want Dueling Thor, so I wish there was a way for that to happen. Maybe they could remake a new Mjolnir or something like that, or just two of the axes. One of the biggest moments, it was, again, one of those goosebump moments, when finally, after 10 years, we hear Captain America say, Avengers, assemble. I mean, were you digging that moment or what? Oh, I, I that didn't really seem like a big moment because we assume he says that at the end of Ultron, Ultron, right? Where he says yeah. Avengers and then there's like that pause yeah. and then the credit. The, the, the... But that was just such a tease to finally get it. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> when it happened, I was like, oh, but it was like almost like I've been holding my breath since Ultron. Like it was such a sigh of relief to finally hear Avengers assemble. Oh man, it felt so good. Um, by the way, I, the moment that I was saying the score didn't quite switch well is when we had the reveal that every Marvel hero ever is coming through all the uh, Doctor Strange portals, the score kicks up. We hear that 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 great Avengers score kick up, and we're like pumped. It's awesome. Yeah. And they're about to co- uh, collide. Right before they start to hit, it switches into just this like average low playing score that's meant to be like kind of just background music. It's not meant to hit you emotionally just because you need to watch a lot of battles go on. The switch was almost really hard. It was noticeable to me. Where when I'm about to watch these guys clash, it was kind of disappointing because I'm about to watch these guys clash and then all of a sudden I'm noticing a musical change. I'm like, I should be paying attention to swords hitting right now and not this musical change that's really abrupt. So that was the moment. That's why it got dinged for me a little bit. Um, I got so many notes and I did not read them the right way. So (laughs) we're a little bit here and there. Okay, so we'll just go with this. Anything else you want to mention about this movie? Well, I love the fact that they... They basically like revisited all the old movies. And yes. I loved how it felt like when you're in Asgard, it feels like you're in Asgard. When you're in uh, Camp Leahy, where Captain America was born, it feels like you're in a military camp in the 70s. Yeah. And so each one of these movies felt like it was in the universe that it belonged. And in, in the way the MCU is like, not necessarily almost like a multiverse in a way, because it has all these different different themes and feels to it. And I loved how these directors managed to capture that. Mm-hmm. With each one of these little time places they're going. Those Russo brothers, they're they're magnificent. They 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 increase your heart rate throughout the whole film. There's moments where it explodes, but there's just you're just constantly you're 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 going, you're getting up, you're getting up, and then they can drop it for such dramatic effect, and you feel empty for a moment, and it's just like, man, that's that's creating an event for me. That's what I wanted. That's what superhero movies can be. That's what comic books are. It's really, really great. So I really enjoyed that. But I think, I mean, I, we're at, you know, we're about an hour and a half in. I think we're good now. <laughs> they, I could probably talk another few more hours on this thing, but oh, sure. we, we, we got to get going. So, all right, guys, I want to thank you very much, Josh, for joining us, for me, joining me and uh, filling in for all the guys that are not here. It was a pleasure. we got to have you on for more of these. You did an excellent job. All right, well, that's about it. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.